just so grateful uh, for what God is doing in our midst, and I just want to uh, jump right in. I, I, am, uh, I am aware every day that I live uh, of the presence of God. And uh, like Sister Melanie said this morning, I do believe uh, that we're living in a time uh, where God wants to do so much more. Yes. Amen? Yes. And I believe with all my heart that we're living in a day and age where God is calling the church to be the church he's created and designed us to be. Amen? Yes. What I mean by that is not just, uh, just, just a sitting church that claps and prays, but a doing church. Yes. Amen? A church that goes out there and actually blaze the trail. I have been impressed with this great hunger inside of me uh, to see, to see the miracles of the Bible, to see God do it. Because I know with all my heart that God is fully ready to do it. Amen? And he's waiting. All he's looking for is a people that says, God, here I am. Amen? And I know we're living in that time, that specific time. Amen? I know I was sitting there thinking, you know, it's been said for years and years. I remember growing up in church as a little boy when you would hear preachers say, well, God's return is at hand, right? And everybody seems to think that the age they're living in is the time God is ready to move, right? But if you look at it, uh, I told you God is outside of time and he's always ready to move. But like I heard a story told before about a clockmaker and he was... Uh, he made clocks. I think it goes something like this. And uh, somehow uh, the battery in the clock, one of the clocks had stopped. And it was observed that this time, you know, every time somebody walked in, it was always at the same time. And somebody mentioned, look, you happen to notice that what, what, is the clock saying the same time? And the clockmaker looked at it and he said, uh, oh, yeah. And the man was like, uh, do you know what time it is? And he says, I'm not really sure but I know it's later than it's ever been. <laughs> and to the church, that's what I say this morning. The Bible says no man knows the hour, the date, or the time. But what we can know is that it's later than it's ever been. Amen. We are closer to God's return than it was yesterday. To the folks who went on a century ago, we are a century closer. Amen. Therefore, it is impressed within our hearts to be in that pivotal place that God could use us to do exactly what he wants to do. Uh, this morning, I want to continue along the line. In case you hadn't figured by now, I enjoy building on the word of God. I enjoy preaching and teaching the word because I have found in my life, when all else fail, if you have the word of God, no, you are so wealthy. Amen? And that is why the enemy wants to snatch that from you. If you don't believe me, look at this example. Right now, I bet I could call a couple of young and old people, and you could, uh, some of our youth could recite entire songs, rap songs verbatim. I mean, you're writing along, like, how, how do you know all that? Many of us, songs, oldies, newies, you know, I'm, I, I, I love music in case you hadn't realized that, right? But when it comes uh, to memorizing stuff, it's no problem. But try getting them to sit there to memorize scripture and scripture. Why? The enemy realized that all the songs you could recite, all the poems you could uh, talk about, it's no threat to him. 
But the moment you begin to commit yourself to the word of God, all the antennas in hell raise up. Why? Because they realize that you're on the verge of something great. Amen? And I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't hear anything else I say this morning, begin to get the word of God inside of you. Every single situation you are facing this morning, every single one, there is a verse and scripture that you can attach to it. Amen? You know, I ended on, on this scripture, our Romans 8.28 last week, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, right? The called according to his purpose. Then we looked at some other things. Now, on this notion, this idea of building on the word of God, several Sundays ago, we looked at this scripture where Jesus says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Amen? Because I'm constantly asking God, God speak. So I, I was in the gym and I began, the Holy Spirit began once again to speak. Right? This whole idea about how to pray, how do we approach God? I'm sure if I were to ask everyone in here to write down dreams and visions and, and things you wanted to see in your life, Every single person, it doesn't matter how old you are. There were dreams, right? Goals you wanted to meet. Things that you felt impressed in your spirit, even from a, a young age. Wes spoke about that this morning, about things you know God has called you to do, right? And even some, some things in the word of God, we may wonder, God, this is your word, but why am I not seeing this? The Holy Spirit began to speak. He says, now I want you to think about the scripture. This was Jesus talking. He says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Now, a long time ago, I got stuck on the ask what you will and it shall be done, right? <laughs> and in case you're like me, you probably got stuck there too. Like, Father, you said ask what you will and it shall be done. Now, I've been asking and it hadn't been done. And the Holy Spirit began to speak. He said, now, I want you to reread that word and really think about it. If you abide in me and my words abide or live in you. And then he reminded me of this other scripture. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So Jesus was saying, if you are filled with my word... If my word, hallelujah, is alive in you, the things that you're asking for, guess what it's going to line up with? The word of God. Amen? And the Bible says God is committed to fulfilling what? His word. So if you're at a point in your life where you're wondering, God, I'm asking for all this stuff is not happening, begin to, be, begin to fill yourself with the word of God. And maybe at some point you may get a realignment. Wait a second. This is not, I haven't been asking the word of God. Amen? But understand he is committed to his word. Now, last week the title was Purpose in My Pain. I want to call it Purpose in My Pain, Part 2, The Ingredients. Purpose in My Pain, again, no, Part 2, The Ingredients. It's important, that title there. Turn me to Philippians 4, 6. We already recapped on uh, Romans 8, 
But Philippians 4, verse 6, a verse that uh, I'm sure many of you have heard before. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Be careful. That word careful, it is translated uh, from the Greek word that means anxious. Amen? He says, don't be uh, uh, anxious, worried, uh, jumpy. It is said that one of the greatest things in the world that we live in today that has a negative impact on our health is worry and stress. And in case, you know, I remember years and years ago, God gave me this message that many people don't think about. Now, I have to talk to you. Amen? I told you I enjoy teaching the Word of God. I, I, I want to understand, God, what we need to get us to the next level. Amen. Don't be worried, or let me tell you this word, uh -uh, anxious, be troubled with cares. To seek to promote one's self-interest, caring or providing. Amen? Be anxious, worry, take thought. Now, Jesus thought a lot about that. He said, don't be worried about all these things. He says, don't you understand the lilies in the field and the birds in the air? They don't have to toil. They don't have to do any of that. But I take care of them. And don't you know you are far more important to me than they are? Amen? Now, this whole idea about worry and stress, you want to know how important it is? Now, I just told you. Doctors, research upon research, are, are, are constantly showing that when we are stressed, when we are deeply worried, it releases certain things in our bodies that are toxic. And in case you're wondering, now here's something. I've heard many Christians make these mistakes. Even men of God, you know, who've been around for a while, people say stuff like, well, I'm just concerned about the spiritual man. Oh, don't, don't worry about the physical. But the Holy Spirit gave me this years ago. He said, I want you to stop and think. What on this earth you can do without that body? Here is something else the Holy Spirit told me. He says, right now, if you ask a million people, give them a wish. Most people are going to say stuff like money, wealth. Which is the most desired thing, but he said, you know, the most enjoyed thing is health. He says, if I give you all the money you want, Dex, everything you ever want, with poor health, it'll matter nothing to you. Now, do you understand why it's so important that all along the Bible, Jesus himself spoke about stressing, about worry, the frame, what it does to you? Your natural, why? Because God has got a plan for you. He's got a calling on your life. And you know what? You need that body. What gives you the legal right to operate in this earth is a body. You ever thought about it? Why do you think demons are so interested in demon possession? Why? They need a body to operate. What? Oh, my goodness. God says, your body is so important for me to do what I had to do. I had to come to earth and get me a body. 
So the next time you're worried about how important your physical body is, remember it is what is needed for you to legally operate on this earth. When you lose your body, you're gone. Amen. So Paul wrote to the Philippians, he says, be anxious for nothing but, let's go back to that scripture, in everything, not some things, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, there's the part oftentimes we pass upon. We have no problem going into the presence of God. God, I need such and such. God, do you see what's going on? God, such and such and such. And God say, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. But we forget all the thanksgiving part. When we finish, hallelujah, praise God. I had such a great prayer time this morning. Praise. Oh, really? What is prayer? Talking to God. Or better yet, here's the definition I like. Communicating with God. You see, if I see prayer of just talking to God, it's just that. Me talking to God, but how many of you know God likes to speak back? Think about your dearest and closest relationships, husband and wife. Ladies, how would you like a man where you do all the talking and all he does is sit back? One of the major pet peeves of women, right? You want communication. Who are you created in the image and the likeness of? Your daddy. Who? God. He says, just like you like to talk and commune, I enjoy talking with you. I remember years and years ago, I was in college, and I just woke up early before going to work, and I had such a good prayer time. I got into work, and they said, why are you so happy? And I said, man, I had a good time. I had a great time talking with God. And one of the young ladies said, well, say that again. I said, I had a good time talking with God. She said, never heard talking with God. I said, I've heard talking to God. And I said, you don't believe God wants to talk back? She said, no, I just never heard of it. I said, the scripture, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. How am I supposed to know his voice if he never speaks? I'm here to put one room. In, listen, folks, God wants to talk to you just as much as when you get in his presence. And when you just as bad as you want to talk, God is saying, oh, I want to tell you good stuff. I want to share the mysteries with you. He says, I have reserved things that only your ears is suited for. And he wants to speak. Amen. It is important that you have an attitude of gratitude. Make thanksgiving part of your daily routine. Begin to thank God. Now, there's another scripture I didn't even give. It just came to mind. Paul says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Not for, he says, in everything. Every situation you find yourself in, it's always an opportunity to give God thanks for. Amen? Every situation you find yourself in is an opportunity for you to give God thanks for. Amen? Find something. I remember talking to a man of God years ago. He, he made such a profound statement. Because he was sharing, he'd been in this terrible car accident, and he was uh, half paralyzed on one side, and he was just tore up. And I was like, man. And he began sharing something with me. He said, brother, I just love to praise God. I was like, yeah, me too. And he said, you know what? When I got in this accident, 
you know, I was just laying there thinking to myself, I'm so banged up and all this kind of stuff. Then the Spirit of God began to tell me, he says, yeah, you know what? Your right side is gone, but try moving your left arm. He says, yeah, I can move that. And he began to tell me, see your left leg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the Holy Spirit said, well, how did you get here tonight? You walked in, right? And he said, somebody had to be carried in here tonight. And he said, oh, my goodness. He says, you had something to eat when you went home, right? He said, yeah, there's people on the corner right now who ain't had a last meal in hours, and some of them days and weeks. And he says, look at what you got on. You got on clothes right? Yeah, there's somebody out there who's got one pair of shirt and a pants. And as the Holy Spirit began to share him, he realized all of a sudden, you know what? You might think you, you always have something to praise God for. Amen? Always. Every single situation. Look for reasons to praise God. Now, let let your request be made known unto God. Now we can get to the request part. Yeah, he's concerned about that. He wants to know what you want. He says, you have not because you ask not. So God wants to, uh, uh, he wants to hear your request. He wants to hear your heart, but he wants to communicate with you. He don't want to be just the shrink in the place where you feel like, I'm going to go into the great presence, make a couple of requests and come back out. He wants a relationship. You want a relationship. Amen? I want a relationship. And God is the same way. Amen? Now, on that part, I, I, I mentioned it, let nothing worry you. It's very important. Now, you say, Brother Dexter, does that mean nothing ever worries or stresses you? Of course. The enemy wants to sneak in there, but th this is something that doesn't come automatically. You have to be cognitive of what is going on. You have to be aware you have to stop yourself. Oftentimes, my wife's guessing me all the time. She'd be like, is, is, is anything bother you? <laughs> okay, let me try to look a little bit bothered. <laughs> you know? And, and sometimes she said, something has got to bother. I, I, I need you to kick up a little bit more storm. But I was like, you know, honestly, I learned this from my dad. I want to not worry about stuff I can't fix. Amen? All I want to know is, what can I do from this point? And then the next thought in my mind is, how could I apply faith in the word of God to see something happen? If I hear about a catastrophe, something going on, the first thing I, I ask myself is, okay, if I worry about this, what can I fix by worrying? The second thing is, what good will it do me to worry? People, this is real stuff. We live in a stressful environment. You ever turn the TV on and see all the medications for stress and anxiety and this? It is killing the world, including God's people. You've got to make a choice to don't be anxious, don't be worried. Look, bring it before God, and if you bring it to him and you leave it there, you got to do just that. God, I've prayed about it, I believe your word, and I will not stress about it. Why? Because it's going to do me no good. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't like doing stuff that doesn't do me any good. Amen? So stop the worrying part. All right? Job chapter 1, verse 22. Job 1, 22. Now, a couple of Sundays ago, we looked at the life of Job, some of the things that happened in his life. But I want you to look at this. When all the stuff started happening to Job, the Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly, right? Job chapter 2, verse 10, another verse. 
But he said unto her, this is why she told him, curse God. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good, of, good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. This part I entitled, Watch Your Speech. Now, we've been teaching on this and talking about this for a while, right? Watch your speech. The spoken word is one of the most powerful gifts that God has given to you. Now, should we do a quick rehash on that? We understand we were created in His image and His likeness. We mentioned this before that the greatest deposit God deposited in you is what? His authority. People might think, well, the greatest gift is what? Salvation. Yeah, if you look at salvation, salvation was put in place to bring you back to a place of authority and reconciliation with God. Back to the original purpose. The greatest deposit, right, is the authority. That's what God gave to you. He said, I've given you part of who I am. Now watch this. How that authority is released is through your speech. Some of you are going to get this in a little while. In the beginning, God didn't go and then fight up. He says he spoke the words, let there be light. Every single thing God created, he spoke it. And I told you this several, several, several ago. He gave that the same thing to us. How do you know it? He says, Adam, I've created all these animals. Now you name them. And the Bible says everything whatsoever Adam called it, that's what they became. We have the same power, the authority God has given to us, and it's going to be released through your speech. You're not seeing power in your life. What are you speaking about? You're not seeing the word of God coming to, through in your life. What are you saying? What are you talking about? What kind of language is consuming your life? The Bible says in all of this, Job didn't charge God or folks spoke foolishly. I was listening to one of Kenneth Hagin's message. He said he had a friend pastor who would tell jokes every single day. Every time you see him, at least three or four jokes a day. There's no problem with telling jokes. But he came to Pastor Higg and he said, I'm just amazed with all the words, you know, you know, you know all these scriptures. Pastor said, well, you know, if you would spend as much time <laughs> studying the word as you do jokes, you would know them too. <laughs> Listen, if you want to be a joker, that's fine. Study jokes. But if you want to begin to change your life, watch what you're saying. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Turn this situation. You know, folks, I'm, not e I'm telling you, I'm not even scratching the surface when we understand. Just, I think a couple, a uh, month and a half ago, me and mom, I called mom and she was, I, I, it was just, you know, you get one of those things, when the Holy Spirit puts something in my heart, I get excited, like, mom, I was telling her about the whole speech thing, and she said, you know what, I was reading a report that scientists began doing on the spoken language. They said, and, and she said, and she was telling me about this report, she said, they had this pawn that was just murky, and they began doing these things over, just speaking to it, speaking to it, speaking to it. You would be horrible, the water, you're going to be dirty water. And they spoke and spoke, and that water just grimy and green and dirty. And they began saying, we want to see if this thing really works. And they began speaking to that pawn. No research, no chemicals. Every single day, these scientists would come. You're going to be just the cleanest water, you're going to be pure. And they did that for several years. And you know that pawn over time became crystal clear blue waters. 
no chemicals. Now you could choose to believe it. I know for a fact that our words have power. I, I'm, this is not something I believe. I know because the word of God says so. He says, by your word you shall be justified and by your word you shall be condemned. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Job figured that out. That's why he was such a great man. Even in the midst of all he went through, the Bible said he didn't charge God. So we got to watch our mouth. What would we say? All right. Last part about this. Remember that we are loaded. You ever heard that said before? You see somebody driving a nice car, living in a nice house. Somebody would say, oh, man, that dude is loaded. She's loaded. Guess what, y'all? You're loaded. Tell somebody, look, I'm loaded. Come on, go tell somebody right now. Tell them, look, I'm loaded. Some of you are looking like, well, I hear you, Brother Des, but I don't know if I'm quite loaded. I'm getting ready to show you. I'm glad you asked. Psalm 68, 19. Several verses we're going to run right through. Amen. Blessed be the Lord who daily what? Loaded us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation. Now, how many of you who've got a career at some point or another when you interviewed or you went after that job that you went to, one of the important things in your minds was what kind of benefits that job has to offer? Why is it as Christians, we believe we've got to live this Christianity that does not involve our minds? That God doesn't say, I got the best benefit package you will ever need. Come work for me. Come on and join my army. I've got a whole package for you. David says, he loadeth. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you loaded? You best believe we are. Now, Psalms 103.3, or 103, chapter 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy disease. Well, the verse before that, he says, uh, Blessed be the Lord who, and forget not all his benefits. Yep. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I don't know about you, but at my job, ever so often, I encounter a situation where I want to use my benefits, right? Why is it as Christians, oftentimes, we, <laughs> we get to the situation, we approach it, we are right there. God is saying, don't you understand where you are right now? I've got benefits to deal with exactly that. And we're standing up there stressing, like, oh, God, how am I, oh, Father, how is God? You got benefits. Oh, Father, but please believe it. I need you all to help me pray. You got benefits. I can't see my way around this. Use your benefits. Go before the throne. He says right there. Now, let's go to the next verse in case you were wondering what are some of your benefits. Right? Just some. He says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who what? Who what? Healeth some of your diseases. 0.3% of you, all of your diseases. Amen. Let's continue the next verse right quick. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. All we've got is the word, folks. The next time something encounter or you face something in your life, 
Look at what David says. It's important that you understand that. Amen? In verse uh, 116, 12, which I didn't even give her, it says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? In all that you encounter in, don't forget your benefit package. Use it. Right? We do it in the natural world. It's very important. When we go to the doctor, we want to use every single benefit. If you're like me, you, is that one of my benefits? Yeah, I want to use it. Is it how much? $20? I mean, I could pay out of pocket. Is that one? Yeah. I attach it to my benefit. It is part of my hiring package, right? Same principle applies. Now, I'm going to close this out this morning. Let's go to Job chapter 42. We're going to close out this morning. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. Now, here's something powerful. We know the story of Job, right? The Bible says God blessed Job twice as much than he did before. Why is this verse so important? How did God bless Job? Through who? Here's something where a lot of Christians stumble and fall. We want the blessings of God. We look for miracles, but we don't realize a lot of times God operates through people. Every single thing God did on this earth, he did it through a person. When he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, who did he use? He used Moses. Amen. Salvation, he needed to save us. Who did he send? Jesus Christ, his son. Right? God uses people. Why? Like I said earlier, people have what? They've got bodies. God's blessing are going to come through your life by others. Why is that so important? So that no one of us could ever get the big head thinking, God, it's all about me. I got it. I'm, I could do. Nope. God says, listen, if I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you through somebody. If I'm going to encourage you, yeah, my spirit is there, but my spirit even works through people. You've never heard a scripture where the Spirit of God went out there and did a miracle, did you? No? But you heard of him working through people. Here's another thing about people. There's a scripture that says we've got to look who we entertain because we may be entertaining angels unawares. Every time I encounter someone who has a mean and nasty attitude, I feel pity for them. Because you never know the people you... You know what? I've heard about so many people at one time in their life was horrible and mean to certain persons or so on. And then later on in life, they walk into an office seeking a job or seeking something. And guess who is sitting behind the desk? The same person they were mean to. The same horrible person. I heard of a story. This is a true story about a man who was horrible, mean. Just got mean and horrible to some person. Walked outside, had a heart attack, laying there. And guess who was the nurse or the doctor? 
that same person who is mean at, horrible. And she walked out there and saved his life. Now, how does that pertain to Christians? Listen, folks, as believers, God has called us to have the best attitudes out there. Come on now. We should demonstrate. The world should not ever outlove a Christian. We need to know how to love and to be genuine. Listen, Gospel Temple, God is calling this place to be a place where people walk through that door. They should feel the love of God. Not something fake, not something you got to put on. When they walk in, they must say, you know something? The love of God is in this place. Why? Because that is who God has called us to be. We don't have to put it on or put on a show or a front. You've got to learn. If you haven't learned how to love, unconditionally start praying immediately from the time you leave it God teach me how to love all races colors creed sizes economic status I need to learn how to love you why because that is what God has called us to do now last verses uh, where were we uh, 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 verse 16 and 17 quickly after this Job lived at 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. There's the whole book of Job, filled with all the stuff he went through, but most people don't realize this part. Next verse. So Job died being old and full of days. All right, Sister Adrian, give me that picture. Now, I wanted to bring something to show you kind of how this all comes together, right? So, oh my goodness, in case you're wondering what that is. I told her to find a picture of a yummy cake, and one of my favorite cakes are carrot cake. I love carrot cakes. Why? Because it's got veggies in it, and I'm a health fanatic, in case you hadn't figured it out. I love healthy stuff. Now, the book of Job, right, is filled with all the stuff that Job went through. But most people don't realize that that was just a small part of Job's life. The greater part is what we just read. He says the Bible blessed him, and he lived many years after that. So his children, 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 four generations. Now, it's in the ingredients. Here's why the Holy Spirit gave me this. Many of you, many of us, and I need you to hear this really clearly. In your life, God has got all kinds of cakes for us. God has got some of us as carrot cakes, whatever your cake like, red velvet, double chocolate, whatever you enjoy. And God... When the Holy Spirit gave me this, I, I could not. I was like, oh, my goodness, Father. He says, if you think about that cake, think of the ingredients that goes into that cake. For Job, it was all that stuff that went in to make Job the man. God has said, for many of you, I've got all kinds of ingredients. But here's where we get hung up. Just like that cake, I'm sure there's flour goes into making a cake. What else? Give me some ingredients. Sugar, eggs. Uh, there might be butter. Now, Think about those ingredients by themselves. Would you pick up a stick of butter and just start eating on it? No. Why? It doesn't taste good, right? How about, uh, what else? Eggs. I know some people like to eat. I, I, I'm not one of those raw folks. I don't want no raw egg, no raw anything. I want my stuff cooked. I want to make sure it's not alive on my plate, right? So an egg by itself, and I heard people take an egg and eat it. They say it tastes horrible. Ugh. Many of us in our lives, that is the finished product. We can't get past the ingredients. There's things in your life, God is said, for right now in your life, 
I am pouring in the flour. We say, oh God, this flour don't taste good. We abort the mission. For some of us, it may be an egg. And we tasted, God, this part of my life, oh my God, I got, God, I'm backing out. And God is saying, I need you to stick with me. It's all part of the ingredients I've got. For many of us, it may just be when we get to the icing, we're excited. Yeah, I like that. But God says it is still part of the finishing product. I'm here to let you know this morning, stick with the ingredients. Let God pouring all this stuff into your life so that he could present you with that beauty he's making, folks. Do not abort the cake for the ingredients. Face it. Understand that in everything, here is why we give God thanks. Because we know that in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. He's working on you. Come on and give him some praise. Come on. Tell somebody, in my rough times, it's part of my ingredients. When I'm sad, it's part of the ingredients that God is working on me. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, we just want to render worship right now.